Friends, welcome to worship as beloved people of God. In this challenging and difficult time in which we live, we find light and wisdom and life in the word that we hear today. Jesus Christ is the one pearl of priceless value. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm. We are now in the season of the church year that focuses on the mission Christ calls us to, empowered by the Holy Spirit given at Pentecost. And we celebrate this great surprise of God's reign in our lives, that God's grace finds us and frees us and gives us satisfying and lasting joy. Before we hear our scripture readings, we begin with the prayer of the day. Beloved and sovereign God, through the death and resurrection of your Son, you bring us into your kingdom of justice and mercy. By your Spirit, give us your wisdom, that we may treasure the life that comes from Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading today comes from Romans, the eighth chapter, beginning at verse 31. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for us all. Will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who is raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then from Matthew's Gospel, the 13th chapter, beginning at verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid, and then in his joy he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. A treasure is something we value greatly, something we highly prize. When I think of treasure, one of the first images that pops in my mind is of our youngest son, Peter, who, when he was about seven or eight years old, gathered up all the money he had saved and took out in advance on several weeks of his future allowance in order to buy the treasure that he highly prized at that moment. 
a cap gun. The desire and drive Peter showed for this cap gun, it seemed that it truly would be life-changing. I don't know what value this toy treasure has for Peter over 20 plus years later now, but I doubt he would have much memory of it. I suspect we all can relate in some way to this story. Today we consider the treasure of the kingdom of heaven. Of the parables we heard today from Jesus in Matthew's gospel, there are two that really got my attention. This, the treasure, first of all, that treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid, and then in his joy he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. And secondly, that one pearl of great value found by that searching merchant who went and sold all he had and bought the pearl. There is joy and satisfaction that result in the lives of people in both of these parables. And I think that reveals what God wants all of us to experience in our lives as we lose ourselves in the life of the kingdom, the joy and satisfaction that lasts and lasts and lasts. Who can forget Jesus' words that Matthew records not once but twice in chapter 10 and then in chapter 16, those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Jesus' parables are about the kingdom of heaven. Living in the kingdom is a matter of living under God's rule and reign in our lives. As Jesus taught and lived, he taught and lived that we come into the kingdom of heaven under God's care and love a beneficial rule in our lives. And that's the point of Jesus' parables, that God is ready and willing to rule our lives right here and now, living under God's rule. This rule involves a joyful surrender of placing all of life, including our treasure, our finances, under God's rule and reign. Just trying to satisfy ourselves by preserving and stockpiling what we have or buying that thing we highly prize will not bring us into this kingdom newness of life that Jesus desires to give us. So much of life is based on our immediate experience, and Jesus knows what a hypnotic hold this can have on us. After all, we live in a world where more than $50 billion are spent on advertising every year to make us crave the things we don't have. And the ads all aim to communicate that these things will bring us satisfaction that we are desiring in our lives. Jesus knows how we can become caught in an addictive spiral. And so his mission in this parable that he tells in his self-giving sacrifice on the cross for us, all are meant to break this hopeless captivity in our own spirits and to free us. Remember how Jesus responded to the ruler who asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. He replied to Jesus, I have kept all these since my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, There is still one thing lacking. 
sell all that you own and distribute the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the man heard this, he became sad, for he was very rich. And Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. This Bible story from Luke, the 18th chapter, was highlighted in a book that I read recently by Charles Lane, Ask, Thank, Tell. It says this is a touching and tragic story that Jesus tells. Touching because Jesus wants this man to know the freedom of following in the way of the kingdom, trusting Jesus. But the tragedy is that he cannot part with his wealth. This man found out the truth of Jesus' words, you cannot serve God and wealth. It's not that wealth is bad in and of itself, but wealth has a way of luring us into trusting it. Wealth has a way of convincing us to stake our future on it. To choose the pearl of great price or to dig up the treasure hidden in a field is to obey Jesus' teaching. Jesus' words, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consume and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So one of the quickest ways to make a jump toward the kingdom of heaven, toward true joy and satisfaction, especially in our consumer-driven culture, is to give treasure to Jesus. And as we move our treasure and our money into the kingdom, our hearts will follow. We will grow in our trust and our love for Jesus. We will grow spiritually. That's how God made us. I visited recently with Mike Little, whose family has roots in the Wausau, Wisconsin area. Mike lives out east now, but he was telling about how he came to a a sense of the meaning of money in his life, especially in, in a spiritual sense. He said the most, the biggest memory he has, the strongest role model is of his father, who when he got his paycheck, the first thing he would do when he came home was to sit down at the kitchen table and write out a check for the Lord's mission through his church, his 10% tithe. And then he would put the check in a yellow teapot on top of the refrigerator so it was ready for him to take for his Sunday worship offering. He said that this was really a spiritual kind of practice that gave his father deep satisfaction. We might say that his father had found the hidden treasure, that pearl of great price, and he was investing his life there with every paycheck, giving his life over to the rule of God the kingdom. Has someone been an example to you of spiritual joy because of the way they managed their money and gave it? I think about examples from my own life and one that really stands out is my mother who did the financial bookkeeping in our family and how my mother on Saturdays would place our weekly allowance on that counter of the kitchen cupboard above the drawer that contained the checkbook and bills and bank statements. My allowance was always in order between my older sisters and my younger brothers every Saturday. And I also remember that just above where our allowance sat there on the counter was a church offering envelope 
the check already written, ready for church the next day. As we give our life over with each gift we give to God's mission, we grow in our love and our trust for Jesus. Jesus wants us to know the true value, the greatest value of trusting him. So deeply was Jesus committed to us that he gave his life for us in death on the cross and resurrection from the grave. And we are secure forever in the love of Jesus Christ. That is the one reliable truth that you and I can count on. Because God has created us with this cap capacity to respond, we need to do so. We need to respond. Our souls need that. In both of Jesus' parables of the kingdom, there is this cheerful response, this cheerful sacrifice. The man who found treasure hidden in the field and joy sold all he had to obtain it. The merchant who found the value, this valuable pearl, sold all to obtain it. The cheerful sacrifice became an act of worship, an expression of faith, a spiritual move that bonded their hearts to what has authentic value. In the same way as our treasure and money and possessions are placed under God's rule as a cheerful sacrifice, this is an act of worship, an expression of faith, a spiritual discipline that bonds our hearts in love to God and allows the love of God to take a hold of us. There is nothing that will give you or me more joy and satisfaction in this world. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are the pearl of priceless value. In love for us, you gave yourself for us in death upon the cross that we might have forgiveness, new life, and salvation. In your death and resurrection, you have made us secure forever. Nothing in this world, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from your everlasting love. We praise you and we thank you. Give us the wisdom and will now to place our lives under your gracious rule, to grow in faith in you through our giving, that we might know the joy and satisfaction of living the life you desire for us, the life that truly is life. Amen. And now we pray the prayer the Lord taught us, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.